This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Hello and welcome back to the Stadio Podcast. I'm Musa Kwonga. I'm Ryan Hun. Ryan, how are you doing? I'm right, thanks man. How are you? Good, good, good. Yep, very well indeed. Fresh and watching. Exciting evening Champions League action. I'm sure as you were too. I really enjoyed it this week. Yeah, yeah. Some great football. Lots of 3-2s. Lots of 3-2s. Yeah, lots of bangers. Some great goals. Some great goals. We hope everyone's staying safe, staying well. Don't forget to check Ratty's house this week. Uh, you and Flo are going to be on on Friday. Yes, we are. We are. And your good self... Carl Anker and myself joined Ian on Tuesday. We did. That was a fun one, actually. <laughs> yeah, I got going in the end. You it did, a... you did, you did. You were, you were, you were, it was a slow burner for me. Sort of <laughs> it was, it was. <laughs> <laughs> is there any other admin to do? Oh, go check Counterpress as well. Check Counterpress is back twice a week. Go check Flo and the Gang. Yeah. Just a quick bit of schedule change next week. Right House is going to go up first thing Monday. Ian and I are going to record a reaction to Arsenal Man City because we're going. So we're going to do that Sunday evening and then we'll bump Stadio. So Stadio will either go up late Monday or first thing Tuesday. Um, to keep an eye out for that. But yeah, if you wonder why they switched around, that's why. Mm. Um, but yeah, before we get on to the Champions League stuff, because we're just going to do Champions League today, can we shout out the fans of Scunthorpe United? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Really impressive. Um, uh, so Scunthorpe United were bought by David Hilton early this year and then put up for sale because of spiralling costs and uh, also the cost of a lot of ongoing legal battles. And um, staff and players, and hadn't, it turned out they hadn't been paid for a while. Absolutely. So a group of club supporters um, got together, um, powered by Iron Brew, uh, which is the leading independent uh, Scunthorpe United um, fan site and the Iron Brew po- and their podcast, the Iron Hour podcast. They got together and raised um, through the fans an astonishing sum of money, almost £70,000, which will be used to pay the Scunthorpe staff, which is really impressive. Really impressive. So Jimmy Dean, it's a statement from Jimmy Dean, the manager. They're splitting the farm between everyone at the club, including football staff, the players, the office staff, the groundsmen, and any other loyal Scunthorpe United members of staff who haven't been paid. Some of them have been paid for two months. Absolutely incredible effort. Um, grass is set by the fans. And the reason I mention it is because it just goes to show that fans can make a huge difference when they organise. Really heartwarming stuff. Shout out to everyone at the club. And um, hope things just keep on moving forward. For them. Yep. And they've also now been taken over by a local businesswoman, Michelle Harness. So new ownership who are also looking at resolving the issue around them not owning their own ground, which was transferred to the former owner, Peter Swan, in exchange for, for loans that he had given the club. So yeah, hopefully things are looking a little bit more positive for Scunthorpe. Also in a week where things got a bit more positive for Southend United uh, were taken over and their debts cleared with HMRC 
um, after it looked like they were going to go under. You know, two bits of good news at the lower level of English football, which we kind of don't really hear about too often, it feels like at the moment. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And just interesting that it happened in obviously the week, you know, you have like the Champions League going on and then you have these massive like struggles for, for 50, like 50 grand. Yeah, that make a huge difference. We, I mean, if you think about, this is one of the things when we were talking about the, the, the blackout stuff a week or so ago and how small change for the for the professional, like for the very, very elite level of the game, yeah, makes such a gigantic difference further down the pyramid that it kind of blows your mind that a little bit more isn't filtered down towards that. For sure, and why there isn't a structure you know? for it, absolutely. Would you remember when we did the thing about Project Restart, and they all kind of yeah. pulled the plug on it because they didn't want to actually, they didn't want stuff kind of going down <laughs> to the yeah, low. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Oh God, yeah, bleak, bleak. Yeah, just great news for them. Great news for South End as well, and. Um, yeah, man. Just good to see two two clubs that mean a hell of a lot to people saved this week. It's wonderful. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube. Car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. All right, man, let's do Champions League. Should we start on Tuesday? Because, uh, we, do you know what? We might have to start doing Wednesday pods if the Champions League keeps up like this. Yeah, that's right. But there's a thing about the Champions League where the early stages of the group games just feels really fun. Mm. Bad night for the best league in the world on Tuesday. It was, wasn't it? It was. Union losing at home to Braga. Oh, God. <laughs> Typical. Uh, can I say in this game, in this game, um, shout out to two things in particular. Sherada Becker's two brilliant first half goals. But, so good. But the set piece goal by Bruma that equalised for Braga in the second half is, I'm calling it, it's maybe, it's, as I'm calling it, it's a top five set piece goal you'll see all year. Wow. At any level. It is mind blowing. Cross cup, corner comes in, ball is siphoned back to the box and Bruma releases an outrageous half volley that rips into the top corner. It was like the Paul Scholes effort against Middlesbrough where Paul Scholes hit the shot against Middlesbrough um, where he hit it and was outside line of the goal until the very last minute and curved in right inside the top corner. And it curved so late, it didn't even nick the post. That, wow. That is one of the set yeah. goals of the year, I'm calling it, top five. Um, but yeah, so Union losing to Braga. Yeah, their first home Champions League game, although it was at the Olympia Stadion, not their actual home, the... Uh, Heartbreaking for yeah, them. The Alta first right. And um, classic Union, at the beginning of the game, they, they un- unveiled a huge banner mm. going after UEFA for their rules on stadium infrastructure, mm. which meant that they couldn't play their home games at the first right, which is a massive shame. Would have been because great Because I think it's a completely different, completely different atmosphere at their yeah. own place. Uh, and and would have been, it would be really weird for clubs to go to. Like, could you imagine... Real Madrid going to the first try. Incredible. Just, getting, sh- just such a shame that it, can't, it won't happen. Um, Boss getting stuck under the bridge. <laughs> yeah. They're going to have to walk from the S-bar. <laughs> um, but another late, another late heartbreaking uh, goal to lose. Just like Real Madrid. They held on really, really well in Madrid. And then what was it? Stoppage time, stoppage time goal to concede to lose the game. And same here. Um, and it's a bad season for them now. It's becoming a bad season. It is, yeah. yeah. Um, the other game in that group was another 3-2. This is a, this and game another was... another late winner. I love this match. Okay, so Napoli, um, Real Madrid winning 3-2 mm. in Naples. And just, this game had all the vitamins. All the vitamins. Jude Bellingham, another masterclass. A legitimate masterclass in Bellingham. So, very quickly to recap... Napoli taking the lead, Ostergaard with um, a header, Vinicius equalising with brilliant assist from Bellingham. 
Then Madrid taking the lead in the first half through Bellingham, a brilliant dribble from... It's a great goal, this. Yeah, Bajo style, uh, cutting inside Ostergaard, uh, 2-1. Zielinski equaliser from a penalty after Osimhen earns it off Nacho, and then a brilliant strike from distance by Valverde. Other notes here, Modric on the bench again. And this is, but there's no room for Modric in this team, which is pretty remarkable in terms of their midfield depth. But then you can't include him over Kroos because Kroos is brilliant last night. Trumani is so solid. And the guy that's keeping Modric out of the team is Jude Bellingham. Yeah. Which is pretty remarkable. You know, he's having a b- big season for that guy. Um, when you talk the ha- about the handball though. You're not convinced. What, the penalty? The Nacho. It's never. I'm not. I'm, it's not that I'm not convinced. Like, I'm. As in I what, think that this is this yeah. like this is just a. It's getting to the point now where this is so ridiculous that I think it's going to lead to a to a law change. You think? I think, I think there are going to be two, two, um, basically two. They're going to split the handball law. I think mm. eventually because you can't you can't give a punishment so severe as a, as a, as a clear shot at goal mm. for something like this. So I think that they'll, I, I think it has to go that way because it's getting to the point where, because you're catching more handballs that are just pure accidental, mm. nothing you can really do about it. You know, anything is classed as an unnatural position unless you're staying completely still, ironically in the most unnatural position in, of all in a football pitch, which is putting your hands behind your back. You know, it's, it's got to the point where you can't keep punishing these kind of decisions with a penalty. It's just, you can't do it. So I think that eventually stuff like this will become a, an indirect free kick. Or I thought, yeah. A, I mean- deliberate, a deliberate handball in the box or a handball that stops a shot on target will become punishable with a penalty. See, I expected it to be given because I just, I've seen so many of those given that I'm like, yeah, that's going to be given. I don't think but it's No one fair. appeals. Like, yeah, I think that's yeah. like the wild thing about it. It's just no one appeals. Mm. Like literally no one appealed for it at all. They were appealing for a corner. They weren't appealing for a handball. Um, so I think from a, from a Real Madrid point of view, the fact that they got out of there with a the win, I think if that had cost them points, it would have felt super harsh. Yeah, no, I think that's right. I mean, I, I, like I said, I expect it to be given because I, I've just seen a thousand of them given, but indirect free kick feels fairer. Um, and it just feels, it feels logical. It feels, because mm. look, it, it did look, <clears throat> it's one of these things where you look at it again and again and I, you see his hands fly up, but then that could just be protect your face. Like it could be anything. Mm. But gladly Valverde took it out of, he took the debate. He took, he, took the, he took the game beyond debate with that with that late strike. Do you know what this game in general, but also this goal, felt like it was? You know, I'm not. I'm not a believer, mm. right? But I'm just saying, if there is, then I imagine that they are probably a Stadio fan. The football gods? No, they're not. The football gods, because they looked down upon Naples and they saw this fixture and they thought it's not quite Moose not Guanga enough for us. <laughs> so what we're going to have to do is we're going to get Freddy Valverde to, to absolutely thwack it and That's it true. needs to take a slight deflection to cause a little bit more chaos and it needs to hit the bar and it needs to go off the back of the keeper it was like a crescendo though wasn't it because the game had been building to a point like that it could only have been decided by a goal of that quality it goes down as an own goal because it came off the guy's back but off Merritt's mm. back but still it felt like a fitting end Napoli really acquitted themselves well um, there weren't that many openings in the early stages, but the thing I loved about this game was, although there weren't a huge amount of chances until Ostergaard scored, you could see like two very intelligent teams trying to work each other out. Mm. That was the thing I loved about it. There was, there was a really funny thing as well, because too many misplaced a couple of early passes and Kroos was just there, like you know, the old hand, just showing how it was done. It, was, it wasn't like Kroos was demonstrating, it was like, too many would struggle to like cut it all here and there. And then Kroos was just like, you're looking up, it's like the old master applying a f- the final brushstrokes to the masterpiece. And Chomeni was like, oh, that's how it's done. And then everyone, it was a great example of watching a player settle down his team, mm. which is what actually, you know, Modric used to do in younger, healthier times. But yeah, a great game. The highlight of the Tuesday, I would say. Yeah, I'd say so too. So Real Madrid top of that group with six points, Napoli second, Braga uh, uh, on three points along with Napoli mm. and then um, 
Union, bottom of that group, and mm. they uh, they host Napoli in the next match day. Looking tough for them. Do you want to do my team or your team next? Um, let's go with yours. Let's go with yours. Okay. Uh, Lons were really good, and you saw that this was a side that finished and well actually pushed PSG for for the league last season, mm. deep into the season, um, and also. I, I was I was kind of I was kind of waiting for one of these performances from Arsenal. I think Lons were more than good value for that two one, and it just really felt much like with the Newcastle game, which we'll talk about in a bit. But it really felt like an occasion. It really felt like this was you could tell that this was if you didn't know anything about the Lons situation, for example, you could then you just turned it on. You you wouldn't be surprised at being like, is this the first time they've played Champions League for a while or something? Because it felt yeah. felt like an occasion. Mm. Great club, great stadium, great fans. Uh, it was. V- it felt very loud in there mm. by the by the looks of it, and uh, they just played with an intensity which I think just caught Arsenal on a hop on the hop. I would have liked to see from from my point of view. I would have liked to have seen a little bit more rotation, especially with the Bakayo Saka injury scare. Mm. Um, at the time of recording, I'm not sure if he's going to be fit for the City game on Sunday, but I just think in those kind of games, actually, if you use them to rotate, sometimes it kickstarts a little bit of a little bit more energy that you need whereas some players are already fully fatigued who've got one eye on a big game on the Sunday I think you can it's easy to just fall below the levels a bit that's interesting because they I mean they took the lead it was a lovely goal yeah, it was a great goal. yeah so you think they they lost intensity or didn't realise that the nature of the battle they were in what do you think it was I think they expected it to be a little bit easier than it was oh that's interesting okay right right Especially when the group was when the group was drawn, there was a lot of not not, not from among players, but among fans, there was a slight kind yeah. of people were like, "Oh, you're a league group, yeah, yeah." And I just think that when you've had, you know, you've cruised to a win over Bournemouth, you start with pretty much the same side. Just I think Tommy Asu was the only change. Mm. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I would have liked to have just seen maybe someone like Reese Nelson come in on the left hand side, like allow them to kind of be a little bit more direct mm. on that Lawrence back three. Do Arsenal actually have that attacking depth though, where the rotation can be easily managed? I mean, you could have started Nelson um, and Eddie Nketiah, for example, instead of Jesus and Trossard, or I, even play Trossard on the right, which isn't his best position. But this could, is the thing that the the right side. I mean, because Saka's so good, mm. you can't really have a deputy for Saka because that person won't play. Like it's it's hard to get some of that quality to be a deputy. But I'm wondering if there's a question about the versatility of someone that can play a couple of flanks without a huge drop-off in quality. You know? Hey, Jaden San- Sancho. Jaden Sancho. Well, well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, actually. Him and Reese, best Sancho. friends. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, great goal for Lons as well. There was that from the, especially from the Raya era. And similar thing that Arsenal did against Bournemouth and it worked, but I think unnecessary risk given the circumstances. Right, right. Fair, yeah. fair, fair. So it's made that, that group look uh, pretty interesting because Lons are top of that group. Arsenal second. Uh, Sevilla and PSV luckily drew in the uh, Loot de Jong derby. <laughs> this was a really fun game, this actually, as a neutral. It seemed to only really get going in like the last half an hour. Even though it was a good game before that, but it really ramped up in the last half an hour. Um, one thing about this, this, this new centre-back that Sevilla have got, mm. Sergio Ramos, I think he's going to... Ha, ha, ha. I think he's, when he irons out the mistakes, I think, there's, I think he's going to be a really good player. He's on a journey, isn't he? I think he's going to be well, a really Serge. good player when he just irons out those silly mistakes. <laughs> but you know, he's young, he'll learn. Still waiting. <laughs> uh, PSV were good. I thought fun game to watch, and uh, I think Arsenal Arsenal go to Seville next, which is going to be really tricky. Good food though, sorry. Great food. Uh, just quickly, Group D: Real Sociedad uh, were great against Salzburg, two, but winning two nil. Um, Inter beating Benfica one nil. A fun game. Probably should have been more, but just they'll be glad to get the win. To be honest, after yeah. that slight stumble, a couple of games. Do you know ago. what I realised as well? Uh, is there a, was there a signing this season that looked more suited to the shirt than Marcus Turam in an Inter shirt? I knew you were going to say, yeah, it's, it's Turam to Inter is perfect. It's wild, isn't it? Every it's time perfect. I see him, it's just like, yeah, this just, you look good in the shirt. This this is a shirt. I mean, that, obvi- the obvious one is Bellingham to Madrid, but. 
No, no, I don't think so. Like, obviously, the the fit is great in terms of like him being at Real Madrid, but I think in terms of specifically, like, yeah, such an interplayer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see that. I see that. Good goal as well. And the perfect, yeah, the perfect move for the perfect move in so many ways. I just love that inter front too. Mm. All right, you've put it off long enough. Oh God. Yes. Okay, look, let me just start with the headlines. Um, so, Manchester United 2, Galatasaray 3 at Old Trafford. Start with the positives. Rasmus Hoyland. That guy... He's I mean, really good. Disallowed goal was brilliant. Brilliant. So good. I will make a Ruvan Nistroy comparison because I think that's how good his finishing was in this match. His movement, his aura, his presence, his touch, all of that is quick. Um, he is assertive. He's aggressive. He's brave, actually. He's brave at a time when the club is in, in chaos and he's kind of his own little pocket universe, quietly excelling. It's a bit like when, when Thor went around for like, <laughs> you, know, you know, when Thor went drink, off for like- Drink, drink, yeah, everyone yeah, drink. drink. Drink, drink, drink. When Thor went off for a couple when of movies Thor, by himself. When Thor and Redondo met looking, up that- Drink, look, drink. Looking for Infinity Stones. And everyone else is doing their thing. And he was just on this like sort of side mission. So Hoyland was on a side mission this match and he was excellent. But almost everyone else around him was, was below par. It was typified, I think, this game by Rashford's decision to square the ball to Bruno when he probably should have taken a shot. He should have shot. And that, he got criticised a lot for that, which is ironic because Rashford before might be accused of maybe like over-elaborating or going solo. And the one time when he should have been selfish, he wasn't. Um, so 3-2 to Galatasaray, who were very, very, very good. Very good. Um, standout performances from Mauro Cardi, who, as Seb Stafford Law noted, just chased absolutely everything. Uh, Seb watches Cardi more than I do, and it's like, I think it's the best performance he's, he thought he'd seen from him. He was brilliant, huge on a big stage, refused to be um, downed after having a penalty uh, go wide of the post. Scored an excellent winner with a bit of a help from Onana, who we'll talk about briefly in a moment. Wilfried Zaha loving all of this because he scores a lot against United. Obviously, I liked his kind of, uh, when, he, when he was doing yeah. his celebration and he obviously, you, could, you couldn't see because it was behind the camera, yeah. but he obviously got some shit back and he kind of just did this like, oh, fuck off. Like, that man, on, yeah, just like, that guy had, he had a score settle. He, he said before the um, game. Could have been in the extra 11 actually. I don't know what, yeah. we missed one there. He said before the game that he wasn't bothered by the comparisons or like, he, he wasn't bothered by his time at United not going so well, which I think is correct. And I also think that he still had a bit of an axe to grind, which is completely yeah. fair because I don't think he was treated the best at United. Um, I don't think he was given the best platform to succeed, but he was excellent. And Galatasaray just very, very good. So I have to just give them their praise. Their away fans, of whom there were absolutely thousands in the ground. <laughs> it was like when Arsenal played Cole in that time, <laughs> Yeah, and like- They're everywhere. They're, oh my God, <laughs> is this a home game? Oh Population of North London basically increased by like a million. No. Um, you could tell though, because when, yeah. when the Galatasaray goals went in, I remember thinking like, that's- I know, I know like Galatasaray fans are loud anyway, whether it's the basketball, yeah. football, any of the- But I was like, this feels really loud. Like how many of them are in there? And they, they were super loud, like thousands of them, maybe 10,000, I don't know, but they sounded like 50. The mm. other thing as well to say about this, we said before, I think it was on the Writers House podcast actually about Andre Onana should stop apologizing. I was thinking this is very bold interviews, like taking responsibility. And I was like, you're doing too much. Like this is not a knock on him in terms of, like, I appreciate the enthusiasm, but at a, a time like this, a season like this where all eyes are on United, they always are, but it's just, just, I don't know, don't take, don't take so much focus on yourself. You're already under scrutiny because of the run you did to the Champions League final. People expect you to come in quickly, make a huge impression. And the thing I would say about this is that the shot stopping, the lack of presence, if you look at the presence he had at Inter mm. and the presence he has now, he's a figure vastly diminished. And I don't think, unfortunately, it, I hate to sort of write people off. I hate to say that players aren't going to turn things around. I don't know how and if he turns this around because I think at this point, he's almost become a bit of a meme. Um, I mean, the, the you know, best way for, for him to turn it around is to, if, if the, 
the Manchester United central midfield and the Manchester United central defence just stops allowing people just to run through them all the time, every week. Because I don't think Onana has been used to... You can, you can tell, actually, there's a thing that he does when he looks really odd in one-on-ones. He commits very early to positions. But he also doesn't really do anything to make, make it difficult for the attackers. Like, he, he, he stays on his line a little bit too much. Yes, yes. I'll have to, I mean, I, have to, I might go back and just re-watch a load. I wonder if there's a, somewhere I can re-watch every goal that Inter conceded last season. Mm. But I wonder how many were just people waltzing through the midfield and the defence. Mm. To me, I, I, you know, I imagine goals that Inter concede more like, you know, there being like at least... 15 players in the box mm. do you know what I mean it just yeah, feels yeah. a little bit more it's extremely I isolated though they heard that as well he faced an unbelievable number of shots he was an incredible shot stopper but even he had these like awful moments in the late stages and I just now wonder what's happened to Onana and I haven't dived ahead towards the tail end the sheer volume of shots you're facing from distance because you're not being protected you've got Amrabat mm. playing as a fullback you've got a centre-back partnership which you can't really establish always because you've got these injuries. You've got a central midfield that ill-fitting, you know, has ill-fitting parts and has had for a while. Mm. Casemiro is not at the level he was the previous year, but you know, he is also a bit old and he's got a lot of mileage on him. It's just, when, when, it, when, a, when a team under pressure is stress tested, the goalkeeper is always, almost always the full guy. Mm. The problem for Inanna, I think as well is, like he hasn't helped himself even early in the season. Like he was going down early for in one-on-one situations. It's a total that his his confidence is absolutely shattered. Well, I thought with the Akadi goal, for example, at the end, I thought it was a. I thought at first it was an amazing finish, and I watched the replay, and I was like, it's it actually quite, wasn't. It's, it's quite. It's quite <laughs> it's good. Not, it's not great. It's the problem is that first Onana empowered him by the body position he took up, so it encourages. The key, like here's the thing if you're going through one-on-one on a keeper a goalkeeper should be offended if that person's thinking of chipping them mm. because it means you've given them the confidence to actually do something as impudent as that and that was Anana's body language and the next thing is he just goes down he's I wonder if we replay in slow motion he's almost going down slightly early mm. um, but it's weird because it feels like Icardi chips it and it's almost like Anana ducks beneath it mm. that makes sense yeah, yeah. so yeah just a very a very curious time and the problem is if you look at that club in total there's kind of toxicity almost everywhere why is Amrabat playing left back it's I think it's awful genuine question I know that they're I know that they've they've got they don't have any left backs fit at the moment Manchester United but you have a you have a center you have a a central defensive pairing that is really struggling uh, and leaking a lot of goals you have Harry Maguire sat there who, weirdly, his stock is starting to rise every week. Mm. Play a back three. You've got real genuine pace out wide and youth. And uh, I'm, not, I'm not entirely sure it's what Ten Hag will want to do in the future, but if you, if you can pack that, like, pack the central defence, pack the central midfield, give yourself real solidity. like. Mm. Amrabat next to Casemiro in midfield with three decent central defenders because I do think they are decent. You know, Varane, Lindelof, and um, Lindelof and Maguire. I think is a that's a decent trio. They're not it's clowns, not, yeah. It's not exactly like you know, it's not like Maldini, Baresi, Costa Curta, mm. but it's good. Onana clearly needs some protection, so protect everything about this is broken. It's broken. It's, it's just so, it's almost like to the point where, and it's not like I'm tired of talking about it. It's, I'm tired of saying the same things mm. because nothing new, there's almost nothing new to add. Mm. You keep adding new pieces and you keep having a team in transition. The thing that frightens me is you've got these, you know, brilliant players like Mason Mount, an excellent footballer. You've got Amrabat, you've got yeah. Casemiro. These are excellent footballers on paper. And I think, for, to be honest, I think those three between them, I think there's a good midfield in there. Um, there are great pieces, I think, defensively, potentially. I'm not convinced by... I'm not convinced by Anthony's peak. I don't see... No, I don't either. I, I don't I've see never it. Thought I've, I've, I've never thought I've that never money seen was it. worth it. I've never seen the peak. 
they bought Jadon Sancho without a plan for the side of the field where they were already extremely strong. Mm. Um, Hoyland looks superb. He looks great. Hoy- I genuinely think Hoyland and Mount, apart from in terms of signings yeah. Yeah. or recent recruits over the back, past couple of years, the most positive too. I, think I actually so, I quite like the look of Mason Mount in that Manchester United midfield. I thought he was actually quite good on Tuesday. I, I just, look, he's, he's a gold standard signing. I think mm. any team, any team in the world like he, he's a useful addition. He's a very good addition to any squad in the world. I think that I've always felt that just there's so many different gifts. I just think with this team, I, I just think they've been caught so cold and it feels like another, already feels like another wasted campaign. Yep. Unfortunately. I'm going to leave Manchester United there because I'm going to subject you to even more pain by uh, oh making you talk about it on Writer's House on Friday. Oh my, oh my God. So uh, go and check that out if you want to hear more. Muso Akwanga. Muso Akwanga is... This is the first time that Musa Wonga is questioning the is the, is the suffering actually really that necessary? Ha <laughs> Question that for a while. Uh, the other game in that group, Bayern got away with it, but another great. Uh, I must just tell, man. Yeah. What a what a player! Great goal from Musiala as well, but tell to win it at the end. Uh, Copenhagen were really really good in this first half. Well, the first hour, I thought actually, uh, end up going at, taking the lead in the second half. Um, again, very noisy, but um. Copenhagen are in a pretty uh, pretty good position. They uh, because they drew that first game. So I mean, losing to Bayern at home, you kind of expect them to to do that. But Bayern sitting pretty at the top, six points. Galatasaray second, four points. Copenhagen uh, on one point, and Manchester United are bottom of that group with back to back defeats, and mm. they host Copenhagen in the next game. Oh man, that's got like death blow written all over it. Not good, not good. Let's take a break, then let's do Wednesday's games. Do it. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there, just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier, thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive, or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side-by-side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. All right, man, should we start in Newcastle? Let's do it. Luis Enrique. There is a man, there is a man not enjoying the day job. I thought he was actually quite, quite good after the game, though, when he talked about it, saying... Um, the scoreline was a little bit harsh. Like we actually played, like we had chances. We played okay, and I kind of, I kind of, I, I, I agree with that. I don't think, I don't think Newcastle had um, an overwhelming, like the overwhelming better opportunities. I, uh, I, I, I just the think sc- they were. It felt very much like we're at home, much like the Lons game with Arsenal. Actually, it was just like there were only there was only one place all of those Newcastle shots were going. Yeah. You know they, I mean? they scored some belters, you know. This is the thing. So they they beat PSG four one, uh, and Bappe cut a, fair to say, a frustrated figure all night. That was quite poor, actually. I thought he was he was poor. Mm. I don't um, like him in that central, especially as a ten. I don't like that at all. Well, the weird thing about this team is not Mbappe's isolation. It's the decline in form of Marquinhos, who Marquinhos making mistakes these days that he just he would. He would go months without making this kind of mistake. The he mistake he made steady, for the Newcastle, the mistake for the Newcastle opener, um, where he plays out from the back. It's a it's a pass that in his at his peak 
you wouldn't play that pass like for once in months. Mm. And Newcastle, I thought, extremely intense, um, especially now with Tonali there. They just have a level of aggression and finesse that's just gone beyond. But even the established staffers like, you know, Longstaff and Lascelles, they just had that quality um, throughout this game. But they, again, they were very much pushing an open door because PSG weren't giving them much. Like, such, I, I just have said this at half time, but this is as intense as Newcastle have been all season. Um, I say you look at the Villa game, maybe for a game where they were on like this, I think even more so than the Sheffield United match. I think Villa, the Villa and PSG performances, the ones where they really pushed on the opponents. PSG just really offered very little. Extremely disappointing, I thought. Yeah, and they, had the, they had the Dembele chance before the classic goal before the thrashing. Absolutely. And that the chance itself, before the thrashing, That sorry. chance confirmed, because that chance would have been like a gimme. It didn't reflect the balance of play at all. And just, PSG just couldn't help the ball stick. Um, there's an interesting thing here sorry yeah. to I don't, I don't want to kind of like compare and contrast two different two different players but if you look at um, and, and you know Bellingham has had games where he hasn't been unbelievable but if you look at the moments where Bellingham has been like has like taken charge of games already yes. Real Madrid yes and you look at Mbappe who is way more experienced now um, and has a lot more sway in that PSG dressing room or at the club than, than Bellingham does and last night, for example, you looked at Mbappe and you were thinking, you know, there's just a vibe. There's a couple, there's, there's, a, there's an energy that uh, Mbappe has in some games when things aren't going right, where he just looks around for anyone to give him a hand. Mm. And actually, he should be the guy who is taking real charge of those games. And there's a thing that I, I thought during the game, the re- one of the reasons I don't like him centrally is because I actually think Kylian Mbappe is much more dangerous when he has limited options. I think playing centrally gives him too much. He, can, he gives him too much potential. Wow! Okay. I think. Do you know what I mean? I think that if you're there's a there's a certain thing when Mbappe down that left hand side when you're essentially your left hand side is completely it's literally out of bounds. Yeah. But there's a there's a limit there's a there's a thing about him limiting the possibilities of what he can actually do, which seems to kind of like make him hyper focused in execution. It's like a centrally, you know, he just looks a bit lost. I think. I think he's always, even when he had that stint at number nine, I just never thought it really worked that well. Do you know that's fascinating? I think someone else is like that. Actually, Alvaro Morata. Yeah, Morata benefits. There are players that benefit from scarcity, right? People, so, but like players who 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 are more dangerous the more you back them into a corner. Yeah, benefit from uh, Billy the Kid. Mbappe is that he's and Billy the, <laughs> the cowboy. No, seriously, because he's the cowboy of like all you have is being a straight, you're, you're shooting straight ahead, right? You've pushed me into a corner, you've made me execute, and you've forced me to make the optimal decision. And you look at like someone like Morata, and I mentioned him in the same breath as uh, Mbappe, because you look at his form now for Atleti, Atleti at their best, have very little of the ball, and they're like, okay, you're going to get one, two chances, a match, one chance a half, put them away. And Morata has finally grown into that role. You look at them this season, in a way that... You, you look at like um, Griezmann at Barcelona and Griezmann at Atleti and Griezmann at Atleti is like hyper efficient, doesn't have possession that much and every, every touch matters. Mm. Barcelona, again, too much of everything didn't work. And it's not because they're not good decision makers. It's because actually there's a certain type of footballer who responds to heightened pressure, intensity, all or nothing. Do you know to me? They have to be absolutely stretched. Look at Mbappe in that World Cup final as an example of that. Out wide, up against it, and it activated a higher level. Yeah. And actually another guy who's like that as well, Neymar's like that, weirdly enough. The best Neymar we've seen is still, in my opinion, the 2015 Champions League Neymar, who played at the peak of the attack, the left winger that finished all the big, all the big moments, and basically was like on the edge of the action and scanning everything and just having to cut and it's, there's a reason we haven't seen Neymar at his best second half of his career mm. is because he's just had too much, actually. Yeah, and that's the, there's a the thing, I think, that you... It's such, easy, such, it's easy. such a great shout, Ryan. It's easy to isolate out wide as well, I think. that In the middle, there's just... Defences can collapse among you. And it happened a lot. There was just the times where he'd, he'd have the ball and he'd kind of shimmy left, shimmy right, shimmy left again. And it'd be a bit like... That's, that is not your game. That is not your game. You're not like the dancing, you're not the, the dancing you're not too like much. Erdogan, yeah. You're not these kind of players who are 
used to being in traffic. Yeah. PSG just don't look fluid. And if you actually look at that PG, PSG squad though this season, I know we're, we, we will talk about Newcastle in a minute, sorry. But um, it's the most fun and sensible PSG squad that I've seen for years. Yeah, yeah. And um, I think they're kind of, they're just making a bit of a muddle of it. But anyway, um, when the third goal went in, I think PSG were looking around being like, yeah, it reminds us of us in 2011. When we uh, <laughs> burst onto the scene and... Uh, you know, we were a cult club and people didn't really take us that seriously and now people are taking us seriously. It's strange because you look at, um, look, you look at Newcastle's ownership and you look at uh, PSG's ownership and what Newcastle have achieved in so much of a shorter time. Mm. I wonder if they've looked at some of the car crash moments that PSG had. Yeah. Because it's, they've built it completely differently. Um, it's that mix of the integration of local players who have that local affection. You've got a super smart sporting director there. You have an extremely capable, um, extremely smart coach. Um, you have a fan base that was so hungry for success, where there's a connection in a way that there wasn't. You know, look at the kind of connection between PSG. You know, PSG had, they have that connection. They have someone like Cavani, for example, mm. and they ruined that. Like PSG- did, Yeah, for ego, because he wasn't like, he wasn't like- he wasn't a sexy but enough name. The, the, the thing that, that Newcastle have done extremely smartly is they haven't, they haven't gone for those big, super smart, sexy names at the sacrifice of the organic elements of the squad that were already there. They haven't done that. So they've, been, they've built that, that bond between supporter and team where it feels like that's a, that's a firm handshake. And the impressive thing, I think you see that with with some of the performances of people like Almiron, Fabian Scher, players who were there a little bit before he arrived, well, a long time before in terms of Scher and Almiron, but like, um, they're not, but there's some, sometimes like, they're not awful players, you know, mm -hmm. like Fabian Scher has played like 70 odd times for Switzerland. Like he is a really, really good footballer. Also, side point, have you ever seen him and JJ Redick at the same room? <laughs> Very good. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> his goal was so good. And do you know what? It would have been worse if he hadn't slipped. I the fact that he slipped made it so much more enjoyable. It looked epic because he was looking down, watching it, watching it just bend its way into the top corner. It looked more so epic. So good. All yes. of Newcastle's goals were really fun, I thought. Like, even the, the you know, Dan Burns, even though it was a scrappy goal, um, and there were calls for it to, to maybe have been handballed before. I know they couldn't overrule that yeah. from VAR afterwards. Um, but yeah no, I thought the, the castle were I mean the noise of all the goals going in as well I was going to talk about Celtic but it's, it had that energy it's just very mm. like first Champions League home game in what 20 years mm. first Champions League goals of the season statement victory over PSG the biggest um, the biggest defeat in a group game for PSG since Chelsea back in 2003 I think it was wow which is, maybe it was 2004. But anyway, it was a, it was a while ago when they lost 3-0 at home, uh, I think at home to Chelsea. But that was a massively different PSG. Mm. First time we've kind of seen PSG do this, this kind of implosion in a group stage game. Usually happens Later. further down the line. Yeah. yeah. But um, no, I just, think, I just think they weren't, they weren't ready for the, for the intensity that Newcastle no. showed them. And um, they're top of that group. Yeah. Uh, other game in that group Dortmund and Milan drawing 0-0 uh, both of these sides are goalless so I quite far. liked a lot of Dortmund's play in this match this was the sad yeah. thing I thought they put together some decent attacking moves Daniel Marlon looked good um, yeah. there were just a couple of shots dragged wide mm. which if they hit the target I always felt like with this game if Dortmund a goal ahead it would become you know like a two goal maybe like 3-1 margin like a two no, three one. Castle next though. I, I, yes, yes. I have to admit, I worry about how they're going to deal with that. Yeah, I'm concerned for them. I'm mm. concerned for them. Yeah. Where do you want to go next? Do you want to do uh, Leipzig one, Manchester City three quickly? This was a good, good game. Um, good game. Yeah. Can I be honest? This is one one moment made me laugh in this game when Timo Werner broke free on the right, and I remember just how much Pep hates coaching. <laughs> he hates playing Timo Werner. He I hates, know. He like, hates it. It's so funny. <laughs> oh. 
Imagine what Pep would do with Timmy Werner's front three. We cannot replace him. We cannot replace him. We cannot replace him. We cannot replace him. him. (laughs) Yeah, fun game this. All the goals were really fun. Julian Alvarez was an absolute banger. He's just so good, man. I love him. I've said this before. The weird thing is, you could argue, you could argue he's the second best number nine in the Premier League. The only problem is that the best one is. (laughs) (laughs) I don't don't think he's the second best. I think he's arguably the second best. Yeah. He's he's in the conversation. Very much so. Which is all that we want to be. And I wonder how much longer he's happy to be in that configuration. There was talk vaguely of Real Madrid. I think he'd be absolutely perfect. He would be great at Real Madrid. Because I'll say one thing about, I said this maybe before on the podcast, I wanted to overwreck it, but I don't think Rodrigo is... He's not number nine. No, and I don't think he's good enough to be that regular starter in that capacity. Just even the tentative finishing I've seen from him. Yeah, and, and I, as good as Yosselu is, I think Real Madrid need a... Yeah. You know. Rod- but then the thing, the thing that will happen is Alvarez will go and then Holland will turn up. <laughs> like, oh no, not you again. Oh no. Hilarious. Um, yeah, tidy win for Man City. Um, they're top of that group. The other game in that group was a was a belter. Givena Shrezda. Oh yes, absolutely. Uh, drawing two all with young, young boys. boys. Um, Enjoyed this immensely. Bukari's goal for the equaliser was so sick because the angle was so tight that yeah, yeah. even um, even the keeper just had he was sold. He was gone. <laughs> Having none of it. Let's do Celtic Lazio. Yeah. Celtic played some really good stuff in this. Celtic played really, really well, but Lazio, second straight week, late winner. So Union, second straight week, losing at the death, and Lazio, second straight week, winning at the death. So match day, sorry, second straight mm-hmm. match day. And just, just gutted for them. They got a gorgeous opener, Celtic, and um, a disallowed. Oh, yeah, Furuhashi's goal was so good. Oh man, I love Furuhashi. That's Such the kind of goal, it's the kind of goal that coaches at all levels will look at and be like, "That is how you combine with your teammate." Mm-hmm. Absolutely brilliant. Really old school, just one touch passing and great finish. Could have gone two 0 up. Um, they had a shot narrowly wide, and they had most of the running against Lazio. But Lazio mm-hmm. again with this ability to hang in there, this ability to hang in there, Champions League, and that like you know six points from two games in a tough group in a fairly even group. Yeah, gutted. And Brendan Rodgers now with some unwanted records. Yeah, what was it? League. One, two of 22. Yeah, goodness. Oh, great. Someone, someone said it was the commentator was saying before the game, Celtic must stop being the perfect Champions League hosts. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because they put in some great performances in that stretch. Like they haven't been, they haven't been poor for a lot. But it's like we were saying with Newcastle as well. Like Celtic Park is... is it's an intimidating atmosphere. Right. You're competing with a Lazio side that, have, you know, they've got Daichi Kamada on a free transfer in the summer. Who is like, <laughs> it's like... One of the best uh, playmakers out there. Yeah, absolutely. It would have been interesting to see who else went after him, actually. Yeah, yeah, true, true, true. Wasn't, there, was, there, was talk, there was talk of Milan. Yeah, a couple of years ago, he was, he, like pretty much everyone wanted him. And he had a big fall off, actually. Yeah, he did, yeah. Um, but Stopped he, starting games. But, but still, like, and there was there was big talk. In fact, Milan were leading that were leading that chase up until the last minute. Mm. Uh, maybe they brought in maybe then bring bring in Pulisic and others, mm. but they didn't want him in the end. But he he's a superb player. That'd have been fun. Him going from a red and black striped side to another red and black striped side. Very much so. Do you like it when players make that move? Like when players go from Villa to West Ham. Ooh, like oh, you only want to play in Claret. The Claret transition. <laughs> um, <laughs> Pedro still doing it at thirty six. Very much so. Full head of hair. Not that I'm 96th jealous. minute winner. Great, great header back across the keeper. It was such a good header, man. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, it was so uh, good. The keeper was like almost. Did you really place it that well? Yes, he did. Uh, <laughs> yep. So great winner for them. Yeah, uh, Lazio second on four points, level on points and goal difference. Well, actually, Atleti and Lazio are uh, mm. level on points and goal difference. Uh, Atleti beating final 3-2 really good win that of Amorasa with two and Griezmann with the other gorgeous finish by Griezmann hooked over his shoulder the, sc- the scamp himself the eternal scamp if there's a scamp <laughs> 11 he's the captain of it and uh, yeah Morata just looking so assured two mm. excellent finishes like, I know it took him a while to come good but I'm just so glad that he's finally as ruthless as we know he can be in front of goal mm. love to see that fit. yeah yeah 
Last one is um, Antwerp 2, Royal Antwerp 2, sorry. Uh, Shakhtar Donetsk 3. Wild game. Yes, very wild, very wild. Seacan with the goods coming up um, with two in this win. Huge for Shakhtar, given everything that's going on in the background, but also just in terms of the football itself. Um, Toby Alderweireld, who's the hero that won Antwerp the league, uh, missing a late penalty, putting it wide of the upright. The only consolation I would say for him is, he won the league, my dude. Like, mm. that won't be a consolation now because he's a winner and he's competitive all the rest of it, but you are the reason they're there. So, like, I would just say, it was, say, a, it was a bad penalty. It was a bad penalty, but you know, they happen. They happen. Like, you're still in the mix. It's a competitive uh, table, so mm. some good can still come of it. So, good three points for Shakhtar. It's their first win at Royal Antwerp, our bottom on zero points. Um, and because Barca beat Porto in Porto, uh, that's Shakhtar level on points with, with Porto. Uh, this game was pretty interesting, actually, because I thought Porto were quite good. Um, and they had waves of, waves of like, that, just that classic Porto Champions League vibe where they just, they don't let their opposition settle. There was also a lot of spicy chat for um, Joao Felix. <laughs> well, yeah, he just got booed for shit because yeah. of his Benfica. Oh, can I actually, if we're talking about, if we're shouting out Barca players, big shout out for Farron Torres, who had a very tough time uh, on his arrival at Barcelona. Very tough time. And it was, un- we said this before, it was very unfair on him because he was evolving into the finisher Pep wanted him to be. And Pep's, Pep's work with him was not complete. Mm. It's almost like he was bought like mid-development came to Barcelona, everyone was like, we saw he's scoring under Pep. It's like, well, no, it's not as simple as that. Like, the stuff Pep was teaching him. And now, he's more confident. Xavi's been working with him on his movement and mm. the decisiveness. His movement was always pretty good, to be honest. It's one of the best parts of his game. But now he's out of the finishing. And the conversations, at least online, about Ferran Torres are completely different. Yeah, no, he's like, playing pretty well. Yeah, yeah, really well. Great finish. Came on for Lewandowski, right? Yeah, and a great finish too. Jao Cancelo nearly got himself Cancelo'd. <laughs> Saved by VAR. Uh, uh. Uh, he was on a yellow. He gave away a penalty um, for handball, which was then overturned uh, because who was it who handballed it? A Porto player had handballed it. Uh, was adjudged to have handballed it beforehand, but it was kind of on the shirt sleeve. Mm. Uh, it was outside the box anyway, so Cancelo would have only given away a free kick, but it was a deliberate handball. He moved his arm towards it. You could see. He's living dangerously. Um, this week alone, I've been cancelled twice. Twice. Um, yeah, he was a lucky boy, I think. Gabby wasn't. No, Gabby made sure that he got sent off. Yeah. I, is, is it going to be a problem? Like the Gabby... What, the Gabby... The Gabby temperament? Is it just going to be a thing? No, it's going to be fine. It's going to be a thing, isn't it? It'll just be. Yeah. He's fine. It's fine. Don't worry about it. At that stage of the game, what was it, 90, 93rd minute, mm. you're on the halfway line, he's been turned, Porto are running down in your goal, actually, he's just a take the fucking foul. He's a pragmatist. Just take the foul. Like They're going to be fine in the next game without him, probably. He's, I think played, like, he's played some brilliant stuff this year, Kevy. Yeah, he has. Absolutely brilliant. Their next game is at home against Shakhtar, which you would expect them to win. And uh, Pedri's back in training as well, which is a good thing for Huge. them. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, not the worst red card in the world. No, no, no. Anything else you want to want to touch on from the Champions League? Because that um, is a that is a wrap. No, I think we good. Champions League. We're good. That's it. That's it. All done. Do we need to talk about uh, conspiracy theories? We, we, I mean, we, Wright's house came out and then they released the audio from the uh, Liverpool. I mean, to be honest, it feels like every single bit of news has talked about that audio. Um, yes. And if I, if I see unprecedented or well done boys, good process or something, whatever it is, one more time. <laughs> you did call it. You did say the, I don't know if you said it on the podcast, but you were commenting about how the release of the audio would not make anybody happier. It would only make people things worse. You're well, absolutely I, I, correct. I mean, I mean, to be honest, though, I actually think that... You expect the transparency of it. It shouldn't be happening. Yes, this is like the pinnacle 
of football in this country. The thing that's more worrying for me is that I don't, I, I'm not wild about VAR teams sounding like they're reading from an Armando Iannucci script. Yes, yes. That's the thing yeah. for me. It's a bit like, ah, uh, this is just, this is just all a bit silly. Why don't, what, there, there doesn't need to be this kind of uh, miscommunication at a level. You should say, instead of just being check complete, check complete, mm. player is onside, you can award the goal. Bam. Doesn't matter what the on-field decision is then. Yeah, yeah, and I know that the Premier League has now announced that they're going to change a load of protocols and Darren England isn't going to VAR any or referee, I don't think, any Liverpool games this season, which is just not the solution that anyone really asked for or expected. If anything, that's going to make it worse. Yeah, because that implies there was a bias. It's just... <sighs> yeah, not ideal. All of this has been said a million times already on a million different podcasts. But it's just like, the game is absolutely fucked where when that ball goes out for a throw-in, literally seconds later... And they know they've made a, they've literally made a, an absolute cock up of it that they can't stop the game, get the captains together and just be like, guys, here's what happened. He thought we were checking for this. It's actually a goal here. And then just let them communicate it. And actually you get a load of people in the stadium being like, oh, for fuck's sake, that's really annoying. But it's done by full time. And a lot of people will then be talking about the decision afterwards, but at least they've come to the right decision. They knew about it seconds later. Seconds. Like, what? They should have just called it back. They should just call it back. Call it's it done. Back. Like now, here we are. People thinking they did it deliberately, or this, or that. It was just incompetence, wasn't it? It was incompetence. Yeah, I mean, we had a Liverpool fan email us just being like, "Yeah, I get you were saying incompetence, not." But this was before I think the uh, the the audio came out, mm. and I think that now at least, yeah, at least it, you know, at least you can listen to that. And no be, one's no one's thinking that's malicious. No, <laughs> no. Listen to that lot. Do you think they could handle like a very, very deep conspiracy? conspiracy? No. No, no. Like, of course they can't. Anyway. All good. Well, on that uplifting note. (laughs) So let's do something uplifting before we go. I've thought about it. Uh, Yeah, I'm just checking for uplifting content. Check complete. (laughs) You can award the goal. (laughs) Yeah. Wait, no, no, wait. No. Okay, the podcast. Delay delay the podcast. Delay the podcast. (laughs) Good (laughs) Good process, lads. Good process. Uh, tell you what one thing this podcast is not is good process <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> and on that note everyone <laughs> don't forget to check Righty's House on Friday with Florence and Musa joining Ian don't forget to check Counterpressed we'll be back uh, probably late Monday Righty's House will go up first thing Monday until then don't forget to check the Stadio Archers playlist on Spotify Musa Wong could I interest you in a reggae cover version of Curtis Mayfield's classic Move On Up. Oh my goodness. Yes. By the great Devin Russell. Hope that to my veins. Yeah, do it. Out do on it. 333. Sounds immense. Anything you'd like to add, Muswak Wonga? Nothing further. All right, everyone. Much love. Have a great weekend. We'll be back with you on Monday. See you then. Sean.
This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.